The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Indeed, you're listening to The Talking Point on SFM 104 to 107 Nationwide. Uh, join the conversation whenever you want on the studio line 86 2032 That's 86 2032 The SMS line 41391. 41391 is the SMS line that costs you 150. We're also on the WhatsApp line 061-410-4107. That's 61 4107. You can get us on X. We are at SAFM Radio and you can hashtag SAFM Talking Point. So coming up in this hour, we're having a conversation around last week's fire tragedy that claimed the lives of 78 people to date at the Usin Diso building in Johannesburg. And it became a perfect opportunity for political blame shifting and for political point scoring. The sad part about the tragedy is that leadership never acts before something like this happens. Let's take a listen to what some of them had to say at the scene. For me, these, these are the pains of um, a, a building a, a democracy coming out of a system that kept people like this and then people thought well we can come and occupy the building uh, without even thinking on day-to-day basis what is the safety of this place. You know it's unfortunate that this tragedy was avoidable. Unfortunately it lacked uh, the political will for this city to be what it is uh, today. The lesson for us is that we've got to address this problem and let's root out those criminal elements because it is these types of buildings that are taken over by criminals who then levy rents on uh, uh, on vulnerable f- people and families. It's a problem when you have to evict people. The law of this country must be amended, the property law, because this law protects criminals. That is why hijacking of buildings in this country is so rife. Relevant committees of parliament will be immediately assigned to oversee both the immediate and long-term efforts of various branches of the government in response to this disaster. These committees will also look into the distressing phenomenon of building hijacking within the city, which is a grave concern that demands urgent attention. It's incredible, uh, you know, the political blame gaming because a lot of things came out of that clip, right? Apartheid special planning uh, was one of the first things that was said. In fact, the one thing we didn't have in that clip were the NGOs that are being blamed. I suppose it's Kenny Gunene who talks in the end about, you know, uh, property law protecting criminals, uh, you know, and then there's, um, we heard about apartheid special planning. We heard the president call it an avoidable uh, tragedy. Why did didn't we avoid it, Mr. President? Why didn't we 
avoid that kind of tragedy. Uh, you know, uh, 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 some of them saying, you know, there's a lack of political will to make the right change, uh, the rooting out of criminal um, elements. Um, as I said, Kenny Gunene talking about uh, property law protecting criminals. So having heard what they had to say, how are we supposed to feel as citizens? 33 people remain in the hospital, 78 are dead. So let's navigate this issue. We're joined by Reverend Dr. Um, Chawane, who's the author of a book entitled The Rainbow Nation, The Vision of the Beloved South African Community. And it's a book really based on Desmond Tutu's legacy and principles. We also have on the line Lorenzo Davids, CEO of the Development Impact Fund, and uh, Reverend Mpomolibazi, who is a social commentator. Good Good morning to all of you. Thank you so much for making the time to join us. There's a brief background that you have with the Usindiso building, uh, Reverend Dr. Chawane. Perhaps we start with you so we hear about that background that you have with that building. Oh, wonderful. Good morning, KJ and uh, the listeners and my colleagues, uh, Reverend Mulevatsi and the other colleague, Mulevatsi, who worked together uh, during the struggle in, in South Africa. I, I want to welcome them and I hope we'll have a fruitful uh, discussion here. <clears throat> Lest we forget uh, to put this issue in context, is that in the late uh, 70s, 80 Albert Street, the building that we have heard about, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a heritage site building for the fact that in, in the 70s, that building used to be the control structure of influx control in the city. Uh, people used to go there to sleep themselves naked, to be examined whether they are right and fit to remain in the prescribed area of Johannesburg. I went through that as a young minister. I had to go and sleep myself naked in front of the white uh, 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 doctor. He never even touched me, but he, I had to go through that so that I can get a stamp that state that you are permitted to remain in the in Johannesburg to work. I was a minister, but I had to go through the process. A lot of our people had to go through that. We used to call that building a a a, a It's because you will have you will have to towser. They used to call towser, and when you towser, you tow do that while naked, and they. They then examine you and then they give you the permission to remain in Johannesburg. So this is a process. When I look at this, I see a very interesting phenomenon. The chicken has come home to roost. We used to be to be treated and our dignity taken. But today we see our people dying in that very same building. It looks as if the ghost of apartheid has come back to haunt us. Mm. 
Yeah. So, so I mean, l- 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 let me get uh, some of my guests in so that, uh, you know, we, we focus uh, the, the bulk of whatever remaining time that we have, Reverend, Dr. Reverend, on the mm. issue of, of, mm. of uh, the Marshalltown building. And maybe let me start mm. with uh, uh, also um, uh, bring the conversation to you, uh, Reverend uh, Mpomo Libazi, as a social commentator, because the fingers were everywhere. The fingers were ultimately everywhere except uh, to the authorities themselves. It was apartheid. It was um, an avoidable tragedy. It was a lack of political will. It was, uh, you know, criminal activity. It was uh, property laws uh, protecting um, uh, criminals. And one of the things that most of them uh, that were on the scene said is that those uh, people that are left there, the ones that didn't perish with the fire, the ones, the few that did survive, the government is going to make alternative dwelling arrangements for them and um, you know somebody can ask the question and maybe we start there why weren't those alternative arrangements made in the first place before this tragedy even happened good morning uh, Reverend Mulebazi uh, good morning uh, to you ma'am, and good morning to your listeners and good morning to the Reverend and the and the other uh, person who is there from the property uh, yes, uh, sorry. Yes, yes. So, you know, uh, why do you think there was so much uh, finger pointing, uh, Reverend Mulibads? Uh, this is because of the lack of a vision for this country. If a country as South Africa doesn't have a vision in which it is going to implement the social economic justice for all, it will not be able to protect and be able to develop its people uh, to achieve the best plans to fend themselves and for their families. Housing has become an issue in this country because there's no vision. If we talk about the apartheid spatial planning, what, what have we replaced it with? You look at the kind of spatial planning framework development plan right now, it's still building the same, even worse and the apartheid system. So education is another issue. Without education, what can our people become? How can they achieve human capital? And how can they live in best homes and choose where to live? People are forced to live in such abundant buildings. It shows there was so much irresponsibility and unaccountability from, from, from the legislation point of view of saying, that if somebody comes as an illegal occupant of your land, he, he must be removed through, you know, the courts. The victim is charged, as Mr. Gunena said, with having to go pay fees to evict somebody who invaded their land. So legislation of such a nature ought to be so changed, but also we need to be looking at uh, how to, actually in terms of labor relations, to avoid these issues. Labor relations comes into that fact that the minimum wage should be increased to cater, to allow people to can be able to earn best salary and send for themselves and their families and to avoid such a situation, not only like that in, in, in Johannesburg, but in, in the whole 44 districts of this country with the pockets of the, uh, in, the, in the metro. You yeah. find the same situation, hopelessness. Uh, uh, object poverty 
Uh, and, and then asylum seeker status is also posing a threat to South Africa. Nobody wants to talk about it because you'll be called xenophobic in a, in, in, in a way. But that is one of the other the problems that we have. We cannot have an over-density of foreign nationals in our country without having SADC and, and the AU take responsibility for mm. their own nationals to South Africa. The, the, what is the discussion about dealing with such issues, especially the fact that we are the reserve economy. Africa is a reserve economy. Uh, and then and, and we have the modern economy enjoying itself in Africa at our expense. And there's nothing being done to redress this issue. Yeah. So it is a very horrible thing to hear about how people lost their lives. First of all, the local government, it is they are responsible as a custodian of the national and provincial government to ensure that physical security of such abundant building be, 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 be intensified so that people can know that they cannot be in any of these buildings because they're not allowed to be there. But the problem is the frustration, the negative you know, creativity that people who are homeless are forced to live with, are forced to, to employ their lives to find something to put their heads. I mean, we talk about men and women, we talk about families here who are homeless. Lorenzo Davids, I want to bring you in uh, homelessness or uh, the issue of undocumented immigrants in South Africa. There are democracies in the world uh, where if this had happened, uh, you know, uh, the expectation would have been uh, some government officials should have been forced to resign by now, but not here, not in South Africa. Instead, the very government officials point fingers. What is your take? Yeah, good morning, also, and to your, the other guest. It is really a tragic and sad situation that our politics has descended into. We now have a group of politicians who refuse any form of accountability for what happens under their leadership. And that's the tragedy that is facing us in 2023. Uh, politicians are basically saying to the public they do not know what is happening. They do not see what is happening. They do not understand what is happening. And and it's bizarre that the people we've entrusted to manage the affairs of state tell us they cannot manage it because NGOs take them to court or immigrants invade properties. But that's the job we gave them to do. That's the job they promised to do to look after the assets of this country, and they are not. And so it's easy to blame and scapegoat and get in front of an audience at a podium or the media and, and refuse to accept accountability for a job you are paid to do. They are out of touch and they lack the leadership to lead in a progressive manner that builds a great country. All that they are really concerned about is that nobody can point a finger at them. And the sad reality is the fires, the homelessness, the, the urban decay, the enclosing Johannesburg, all of that actually points fingers at the, at the neglect of our politicians in their management of the effects of state. And, and so, and so this, this is just another step in the direction of people who we've placed in power to lead the country, refusing to accept the responsibilities 
that come with that power. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that we are not uh, discussing here is, you know, illegal immigrants or not, ultimately those buildings are uh, occupied by the poorest of the poor and, you know, the most vulnerable of people. In fact, originally, uh, one of the things that came out about that building is it was a building that was taking care of women who were abused uh, before it was sort of abandoned and ended up, um, ended up being hijacked. How should the city be dealing with these buildings, these shelters, and uh, you know, uh, finger pointing notwithstanding? Ideally, what is your thinking in terms of how the city should be dealing with these kind of shelters, these buildings uh, that you know have ended up inadvertently being hijacked, Mr. Davids? Yeah. You know, the, the sad tragedy of 40 Mosque Street is, the, is that it was the old part building, as, as, as the Reverend just said uh, a short while ago. You know, the building that released black bodies has now burnt black bodies. And we as a nation should be angry about that. That was a heritage building to remind us of our tragic apartheid history. And we've allowed the very black presence, the very black human to now die in that building. And, and, and we should be ashamed of ourselves that our government has allowed homeless people whom they have not provided houses for and women and children who have suffered abuse in this country to die inside that place. It, 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 should, be a, it should be a thing that haunts us for the rest of our lives that we have not done better to provide for the black human in this country. That, are, that the government we elected democratically has failed the most vulnerable, the poor, the abused, the abandoned, the homeless, that they are still knocking on 40 Mustard Street doors, this time not for a park, but for a shelter. And in that very building, they died. Yeah. They should have lived in that building, not died. Yeah. It is the failure of state. And it will stay with us forever. Yeah. So, what do you say, uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Chawane, in your your teachings? You know of uh, Tutu's legacy and uh, Tutu's um, uh, uh, principles, because you've got a book that is written around, uh, you know, the Archie's legacy and the Archie's uh, principles. What kind of teaching do you say? Do you give? Uh, you know, to 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 the people you, you teach to? Uh, do you talk? about whether or not we should be angry or are you overwhelmed by the fact that that anger ends up being muted by so many other issues that we deal with on a daily basis in South Africa for example today the big issue is that we're stuck in stage six load shedding part of the problem part of the reason of the of uh, the the you know how uh, the this building caught fire they're saying at least in the early stages uh, since the investigation being fully done they say Saying, uh, the building was load shed and you know somebody left a, a candle unattended and ultimately that that's what happens do you encourage the people that you give teachings to to be angry and if they're angry uh you know how do you want them to exercise that anger yeah my sister thank you very much for that question uh, yeah we need to be angry we need to be angry but it's a constructive anger uh, the what spirit is, of Ubuntu. What is constructive anger? What does that look like? Constructive anger is that we need to be to reflect 
uh, uh, on the mistakes that we have done. I think our leadership have disappointed us. They have not taken care of business. Is that the local, national, and uh, and provincial uh, 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 government lost its control of the beautiful city of Johannesburg? I'm saying again, a beautiful African city, which uh, was also part of the heritage that we, we we took as South African. Our anger is that we need to work together with our government. We love them. We don't hate them. We want to work with them. And they must consult all of us to make sure that we make that contribution. But the other thing that we, we forgot to say is that as a community of believers, we also send a message of condolence to the members, to the family members who lost their loved ones in that uh, uh, catastrophe. And we also want to believe that those who are still in hospital, God will continue to heal them and we shall also participate. What Archbishop Tutu will say to us is that let's rally around the community and make sure that we participate in making sure that South Africa becomes a rainbow nation in spite of whether the people, where the people come from. The, the beautiful thing about art is that we welcome people all over the world. But what we miss is that our leadership lost control, that whoever comes into the city must be channeled correctly so that law and order take place. You go to Johannesburg, you don't need to be sophisticated to see that there's something wrong in the city. We used to go there, but today you fear even to go to the city because completely it's a law, a lack of law and order in the city. So Archbishop Tutu will be saying to us, let's go back to the principle of Ubuntu, where we take care of each other, where we begin to share whatever we have. But what we see today is that those who are, who are in power are, are, are enjoying the fruit of our liberation, but very few who are known, as, as, as uh, uh, Reverend Mulevate has said and, uh, and my colleague, we need to make sure that we share the, 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 the heritage that our forefathers left and fought for us so that we begin to be, be, become the Ubuntu principle says, I am because you are. Since you are, therefore I am. We are a community where we all become part and parcel of the whole community of South Africa. It's 11.31. It's time for the news headlines. Uh, Dineo Mutaung is standing by. You are listening to KG Muekezi on SAFM. Good morning, KG. Whether that building was used during the apartheid era is neither here nor there. The fact of the matter is people have died. The building was hijacked. I don't even understand why do the president use this term, hijacked. If you know that the building is hijacked, it means you as the president, you should have done something to avoid using that term. I can't accept that from the president. People from outside can say that, but not the president, because the president must act. Thanks. Hi, KG. The Reverend spoke of a special permit to allow one to work in Johannesburg. And we are in this tragedy today because 
the ANC has abandoned some of its responsibility. For instance, people just come in South Africa without permission, without uh, papers to indicate that they are here lawfully. Therefore, if people are here unlawfully, it's, it, it becomes difficult for the provision of housing and other things. Thank you very much. Uh, good morning, KG. KG, to be honest, we are living in a state that is that is ignored, that is ignorant, actually, because they don't care about their people. For how long has those people stayed in, the, in that building? This state is a state that something bad must happen first, is then that they will act after. There is nothing different. We are living in a state that does not care about its people. That's why they are fighting for motion of no confidence, busy fighting. There is no service delivery. Look at the Gulen, look at Johannesburg. You're speaking to men for entrance Thank you very much, Keiji. Good morning. When Herman Mashaba was mayor of Johannesburg, he was the one who looked after these hijacked buildings and he was achieving great success. And since he left, Nothing has been done. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Yeah, uh, you know, a, a lot of people also said Mashaba was crucified for his efforts to, to clean the inner city. But if, in saying that, what, what, what they also did is they attached the NGOs and their litigation against the removal of illegal occupants by the city and, and how that contributed towards depriving dwellers of, of decent housing for years. It does, though, sound to me, uh, uh, Mr. Davids, uh, Mr. Lorenzo Davids, that we are accustomed to a leadership as a people that never ever shoulders any responsibility over its own missteps and yet has an expectation uh, a big one at that to you know to be uh, voted back into power next year and almost as if the status quo has to continue uh, it would be then a, another business as usual year yeah, I think that that really is the is the core of this discussion. The issue that government wants us to ignore their failures, whilst they point to the people's failures. Uh, the, the issue of housing provision, in particular in this country, is a is a, a matter that has gone literally down the drain. We, we are not keeping up with the housing needs of the population, and I'm not saying the housing demand, the housing needs of people. And whether you are local or immigrant, some form of proper immigrant housing as a temporary measure so that you can be uh, uh, you know, managed within the social context whilst the needs of the local population is also addressed, government wants others to carry that responsibility. And when they carry the responsibility, government also wants them to carry the blame. And, and, and so I, I wrote a piece where I said that, the, that the, the black individual in this country is no longer a person. It is simply a hand to make an X on the ballot paper because the, the humanity is being ignored. The humanity of that individual is being disregarded by the state, by the way they allow the decay and destruction of urban centers like Johannesburg and elsewhere to happen. It means that the government is not valuing people. If they value people, their voters, they would do better for those people.
Yeah. Reverend Mulibati, you know, what has since happened is uh, there's uh, some who are calling for a probe or a commission of inquiry uh, that they're saying should uh, happen to, you know, to to tell us what is clear for our eyes to see. What do you make of those calls for a probe or a commission of inquiry into the issue of these illegal dwellings of these buildings? Well, they will have to conduct uh, the very same for the other 56 uh, buildings which have been so-called hijacked because this is the 57th building and that is why we're saying that uh, the real issue here is that we need to look at legislation and change legislation and then begin to redress this uh, modern economy and the reserve economy. What uh, what about I want to I want to stay with you there. What about the legislation? Do you specifically want changed, Reverend Mulibats? Uh, the legislation that that would, as it were, ensure that uh, social economic justice uh, it's a practice. It's the way we do things. It's the way we think about the new South Africa. If we're correcting colonialism party. We need to have another form of capitalism that would empower those who are in the reserve to graduate and become even part of the modern economy or even beyond that modern economy. Because right now, the whole of Africa is going through that. South Africa is worse. As I said, if you look at the 44 districts, are all poverty stricken, all of them. And abject poverty is something that is forced on all of our people, even through labor relations. To give people 350 an hour is a nonsensical issue, but rather that labor, a, a, a minimum wage per hour should be 350, that would have been the best situation, that would have been the best way to go. But for me, I'd like to appeal to the president of our country. And I kindly ask the president, to instead of having uh, national elections next year, to rather have a referendum that would relook into the vision and mission of South Africa. Ask the people, what kind of a South Africa do you want to live with? Are you happy with the current situation in this country? How can we best improve this? It must be legislated yeah. so that people know and are equally respected in terms of the welfare state and also looking at the market system, not to become the foundation, but to be the vehicle of the direct initiative democracy, which we as the people of this country do not have. We are left behind. We need to be given the opportunity to state clearly what we want this country to be. If you look at the, 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 the Freedom Charter, it says South Africa belongs to all the people who live in it, irrespective of their race, color, gender, creed, descent, whatever. We want all the multicultural nations of this country, not just the, 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 the black, as, as we see in the flag of South Africa, and then the, the British in the blue and white color of South Africa and the red and white Africaners in this country. That is showing a country at war. We need to have a unified flag, a unified nation, where we recognize other uh, nations 
and nationals that lives in this country is equally our citizens. I'm sick and tired of being called black. That is absolutely rubbish to call people black, colored, white, and so on. Yeah. We need to be a country which is proud of who we are, recognizing the multicultural nations and their responsibilities and accountabilities in building this country where through our country's uh, diplomatic relations and trade should become a best vehicle to enhance South Africa to be a challenge to Africa. But as I said, the SADC and the AU are sitting in their laurels and they are frustrating every plan because they are cause of the very modern economy that, that exploits and destroys our country's well-being and our human dignity and rights, which is our fundamental legal natural rights we have. Yes. So we need to stand to say, please, Mr. President, give us a referendum where we can now have the direct initiative democracy, where we can suggest, where we can remove laws that don't build and empower us and develop us to be proud of the Africans, a South Africa of equals, a South Africa where we all have peace, a South Africa where everybody has a socioeconomic uh, opportunity to be anything they want to become, even to choose where they live and what kind of a house they need to, to, to live in. Okay. We need this to happen because what has happened over here there is happening even here. Look at the tax industry regularization. It is not happening. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of issues we can talk about. We can talk about yes. taxis. We can talk about zamazamas. Uh, you yes. know, th- there's many things. But, I mean, time is not on, on my side. Uh, the, the one thing that hasn't changed as the three of the four of us are having this conversation is is that the very uh, a building that, you know, we've had a conversation around, the Usindiso building, is surrounded by uh, buildings that look exactly like it, uh, that still houses people like it. One of the things we did see is, Many media houses went to adjacent buildings to uh, the Usindi. So where we saw inside the appalling conditions people currently are living under, uh, we, you know, which are circumstances that mirror the Usindi building uh, circumstances. And of course, as I said, we are in stage six load shedding, which would mean those people will not just sit in the dark. They're going to use, for example, candles to give themselves lighting. What should happen now as we round off and I'll give each one of you uh, 30 seconds to get your thoughts out to tell me what should happen now immediately as we have 78 dead, 33 still in the hospital to deal with the situation going forward so that next week or the month after we don't have the same conversation regarding this. Let's start with you Mr. Davids. I am not in favor of another commissioner's investigation or inquiry into this affair. The Public Service Commission rules are very clear. Officials that have failed, those people, should be under discipline, investigated, disciplined, and if in in the case uh, where they've neglected their duties, they should be fired and the responsible minister should go. We are failing to hold our government to account, and unless we insist on the accountability versus the inquiry, uh, we we will be failing ourselves and our children. Investigate discipline and fire and hold to account the politician. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Davids. Uh, uh, Reverend uh, Dr. Chawane, 30 seconds. What should happen? Yeah. Our, our leader 
ship need to take blame of what happened there. And they must be accountable and responsible in correcting the situation. They need to take control of that beautiful city of Johannesburg okay. and, and restore it to its normal uh, and original state. Thank you. Uh, uh, Reverend Mulibatsi, what should happen now? 30 seconds. Yes, ma'am. I think we should call for the reparation and the rehabilitation of all of those people who live in such buildings, including the ones who have lost their loved ones there, that the state should take responsibility and, and ensure that they can not just have uh, a memorial that is that is that, that regresses what they've gone through, but to ensure that the other buildings are turned into living uh, uh, spaces that would allow people to either rent yeah. As they previously, somebody was asking for rent. Unfortunately, I've run out of time. Thank you, Reverend Mulibazi. Thank you, Mr. Davids. Thank you, Dr. Jawane. It's time for the book reading, Muhudi. Uh, Dr. Saul Blackies is being narrated by Silomutlou.